0: The problem, well, the real problem with Marvel right now is that they lost their core competency after Avengers Endgame. Their core competency being linear storytelling across all of their content. Because now there is no through line. They pumped out so much content that wasn't aligned, trying to capture different demographics that now audiences don't know what to watch if they should watch if they should care and now when you have something like secret invasion this huge story that launches that was supposed to be a hit is not a hit because people don't know if they should watch it or not welcome back to on a hero starting out hot i'm your host today Melly mel um I sent that text to a buddy of mine. He was just asking me about secret invasion. um, and for everyone that doesn't know, um, it didn't have the best viewership coming out of the gate. Something like the Secret invasion should have been a home run. And I think just Marvel shot themselves in the foot. I mean, when you establish yourself, when you establish your brand as almost like TV in the movies where, you know, people are coming back because they want to follow the story. And then you totally ditch that and you expect people to keep watching. It's not going to happen. Even in the beginning phases of Marvel, you know, some stories, you know, they did not align. The three Thor movies. uh, Well, let me say the two, the two or three, the first three Thor movies, you know, Captain America, Iron Man. They all kind of had their own their own arcs and you know their movies kind of stood on their own for the most part but they were still connected to in some way we completely lost that after Endgame they're trying to capture so many different demographics that they're losing their core audience something like The Secret Invasion should have been a fucking home run And that being said, it should not have been a series. This should have been a fucking film. This should have been the next phase. How there was Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Secret Invasion, that should have been, you know, the conclusion to this next phase. This should have been Kang Dynasty. This should have been the two-part film, Secret Invasion. In the Secret Invasion storyline in the comics, which they're not adapting at all from what I saw in the first episode, um, the Skrulls, they essentially take over and kidnap a bunch of heroes and they pose as them with obviously, you know, them trying to rule Earth. And it gets absolutely wild. There are so many heroes that are involved. Um, There are so many twists and turns. You find out that Spider-Woman... She's the queen of the scrolls. Um, there's this one scene when uh, Clint Barton, Hawkeye, they come. They um, it all culminates in this like in this final battle in this final book, and you have this happens after Civil War in the comic books. I'm talking strictly about the comic books. And after Secret War, you know, you have the Secret Avengers because they're not part of the Registration Act. Secret Avengers of those being like Luke Cage, Spider-Man, Wolverine, um, Jessica Jones. All these people operate outside of the law because, again, this is after the Registration Act. This is after Civil War. And then, you know, you have Iron Man's team, you have Black Widow, obviously, like Spider-Woman. They're still trying to capture the heroes, the, um, the heroes that have gone rogue. So we find out in Secret Invasion that the scrolls were kind of um they were uh they were planning this all along. They had people on the inside. There's a scene where Jarvis turns out to be a scroll, Spider-Woman being a scroll, Mr. Fantastic when they first find out about the scroll invasion, Iron Man goes to Mr. Fantastic and to um Hank Pym and he's like we got to figure this out. Mr. Fantastic finally figures it out, and before he can tell Hank Pym, Hank Pym shoots him in the head with like this la- this alien gun, and it turns out Hank Pym was a scroll. There are a lot of twists and turns like this. Going back to what I said, a ship crashes. Um, so the heroes, the un- I guess the heroes that operate outside of the law, the Secret Avengers, they go to investigate. That's Wolverine. That's um. Uh, Luke Cage, Spider-Man, Hawkeye, and they find this ship. Now, at the same time, Iron Man and his team, they come and to investigate the ship that has crashed land on Earth that SHIELD believes to be the scrolls. All chaos kind of ensues. It it becomes wild. There are scrolls on the inside of SHIELD, one being, um, I forgot her name, but she's played by the girl from Seinfeld. In in what's going on right now in the MCU, I really forgot her name. They kill Dum Dum Dugan, and he becomes a scroll. So they have people on the inside of Shield. They have people on the inside of Sword. A bunch of bombs go off. You know, it, it's it's the scrolls are ready to attack. That's what happens on Shield. Everything goes down. Iron Man's suit gets compromised by Jarvis. Um. So he's out of the equation. And all this, while while this is happening, the ship door opens up and a bunch of heroes come out. Captain America, old school Captain America. You're talking about Beast. Thor, who suppo- supposedly is dead at this point. So Thor comes out. So people are like, what the fuck, Thor? At this point, also, Captain America is dead. So when Captain America comes out of the ship, they're like, what the fuck, Captain America? We see an old school Luke Cage um, with his afro. We see Wolverine in his like old yellow and blue costume. We see Beast come out. Um, Hawkeye and his girlfriend—I really forgot what her name was—but they come out of the ship. Spider-Man comes out of the ship. So you don't know who's a scroll and who's not, and everyone's like, you know, is that the real Captain America? Is that the real Thor? It's it's insane. It becomes so crazy that Clint, like, they they end up fighting. Obviously. But the real Clint Barton, he wasn't on the ship. He was with the Secret Avengers. And he sees his girl. Oh, man, let me look that up for you because it's going to kill me. Clint Barton, girlfriend, comics. Look that up right now so I can get that right. Um, It was like a wild. Okay, not that's not Laura Barton. I want to say he keeps calling her like, little bird and I I confuse him with obviously green arrow. Um it wasn't Black Widow, wasn't the wasp, it wasn't he dated Mad Chicks. Mockingbird. It was Mockingbird. So Mockingbird comes out of the ship and then he he's like, Wait, 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 before we like take her down, let's question her because that could be my girl. And he asks her a question that only she would know about his unborn child. And she gets it right. And they start crying and they hug. It's crazy. So it's like, okay, that's the real Mockingbird. Um, Fast forward, you know, um, it's wild. Norman Osborn and the Thunderbolts get involved. Um, The Hood gets involved. New York gets attacked. Nick Fury, he comes, apparently he was gone for a long time. But he's been out like trying to make up a a strategy at a plan to take out the scrolls. Anyway, Mr. Fantastic finally gets free. He creates this gun that you can identify who the scrolls are. And in the final battle, it's nuts. Mr. Fantastic, he he, you know, blasts the gun and now we can see who all the scrolls were. Turns out Mockingbird, Clint Barton, made out with her. It was actually a scroll and she had no idea. So Clint kills her. It's it's fucking bananas. Anyway, my point being there are so many, there are so many heroes that are involved in this story, and the Scroll Invasion. It, um, it. There were so many stories, like the Civil War story, New Avengers stories. A lot of them happened because of the Scroll Invasion. It all happened because of that. You could have had this next phase be about heroes acting differently and acting like, ad- just acting odd. You could have built this to be a huge movie and instead you gave it a series and you gave it to like Nick Fury. They completely dropped the ball. So not only did you adapt it correctly, but it's lame. We're getting like a lame spy espionage story that no one cares about because you're way late to the game, Marvel. Not only are you not incorporating the heroes that you got, but this should have been a follow-up to Captain Marvel that happened I don't know 2019 with Brie Larson because that's the last time we saw the Scrolls. I don't even think like people know what the fuck is going it's they're just pushing out stories and expecting us to care and again, across other IPS, I kind of hate you know the kind of storytelling that Marvel does. I.e. DC. I like how DC they they push out their own stories. I like, I like standalone stories that don't need to cater to like an overall agenda, an overall project. That's why the Batman was so good. You know, um, that's why the X-Men was so good. The Toby McGuire Spider-Man films were were great, except for the third one. I like things standing on their own. I just named off a bunch of Marvel films. We're talking about DC. I like I like Batman versus Superman. I liked the Christopher Nolan Batman uh, trilogy. Um, I didn't mind Superman Returns. I hated Shazam, but I went off in a tangent. Yeah, with w- with Marvel, with with other with the other independent properties, I don't like it. But with Marvel, they've already established themselves as this linear through line storytelling. And it seems like they just dropped it, and they expect people to care. No one cares. That's why the viewership is so down. And after watching the first episode, I don't even know if Samuel Jackson understands the tonality of this show. I don't know. I kind of expected a little more. I think he's checked out in Nick Fury. I don't know. Spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen it. Now I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'll spoil it. Spoiler alert. Um, it turns out that uh. That white guy, fuck, I don't know his fucking name. Just some random fucking characters that they got in Marvel. It's just so fucking annoying. Um, Who is this? Agent Ross, I think that's his name. Agent Ross, he was in Black Panther. Let me let me make sure I got that right. Everett Ross, yeah, Agent Ross. Turns out he was a scroll. And he dies in the first episode. And also, Colby Smothers, she dies in the first episode at the end of the episode. She dies by, like, she thinks Nick Fury... Is Nick Fury, but a scroll impersonates him and shoots her in the stomach. That's I mean, that happens at the end of the episode. If you want a full review, I mean, just watch the episode, I guess. But the main takeaway from it is that there are scrolls now, and Nick Fury's trying to figure it out on his own without the Avengers, without any help from like other heroes, which makes absolutely no sense. He's like, I gotta do this on my own. Why? You these scrolls are so powerful. Why are you doing this on your own? That doesn't make any sense. Get some people to help. Some supers. You have you have fucking Maria Hill? The person that shows up at like once out of a blue moon? I don't know. I feel like they had... I feel like they're just... Marvel's just shooting themselves in the foot trying to be something... I don't know what they're trying to do. You have the X-Men, you have the Fantastic Four, you have Ghost Rider, you have Punisher, you have fucking Silver Surfer, and then you're making, I mean, apologies, but you're making, I don't know, like, like, what fucking content is this shit? The She-Hulk, what is that? Even Moon Knight was dog shit. I, I expected a lot. A Hawkeye, like, based around the new Avengers girl? Like, I don't know. Let's be honest, the main demo, the main the main customer, the main consumer for Marvel, for DC, these are males. When I'm going to my comic book shop, I'm not seeing like, like a sea of women. It's all dudes. Like dudes are taking their girls to watch the movies and then the girls get invested. I mean, yeah, a 1000%. Of course, there's a female audience. Duh. But I mean, like starting out, I mean, it's. Heavily skewed male. Like, let's be real. Anyway, my point being is, like, you have all these, like... You have all these properties, all these characters that people really know. And you're not giving it to us. It just doesn't make sense. And I think they're... I think they're fucking... I think they got too cocky after James Gunn in the Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know. Because James Gunn did something that no one else did. He took characters that... No one gave a shit about it and made us care. And I think that Marvel got cocky and they think that they can do that with the rest of these characters, but they can't. Not everyone's James Gunn. He's out to DC. He's out. Just give the audience what they want to see. You have Ant-Man beating Kang? You have Ant-Man beat... And by the way, he didn't even beat Kang. A bunch of ants did. What? Like, you couldn't... You couldn't get Professor X to team up with the new Black Panther, to team up with Mr. Fantastic, to figure out how to beat Kang. You couldn't get the smartest minds. You couldn't get the new, like, Riri Williams, like Iron Man. I would have taken that, too. I would have taken main players working together to be... Instead, he lost by a bunch of ants? After he was done 20, I mean, like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. My whole point is, give the viewers what they want to see. And if you're going to make an adaptation, try to be a little bit, just a little bit, like, true to the source material. Just a tad. That's all I'm saying. This was such a good story. Botched it. I mean, listen, the series is not done yet, so there's still a lot to see. But, I mean, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit of like this. All all due respect. I mean, like, there's no howling commandos. There's no, and people don't know who the fuck the howling commandos are, but that was Nick Fury's team. There's no howling command. It's just old Samuel L. Jackson. And we got fucking Don Cheadle on the show. He's not even suited up in the first episode. He's just like telling the president shit is happening. Something's happening. All right. Cool. President's probably a scroll for all we fucking know. I don't know. Not happy with that. Um, I'm going to talk about The Flash, and I'm going to wrap it up. So with The Flash, let me start by saying this. I'll start by saying this. You can't, I think, and I've been going back and forth myself about this, but I think there's no such thing. It's tough to say, you know, it's tough to decipher. It's not black and white, but saying like what a good movie is, quote unquote, a good movie. Because, you know, a shitty movie could be someone's favorite film. So can you call that film a bad movie if it's a if someone likes it? Do you know what I mean? Like if you put if you gave me a burger and it was like shitty and then it's someone else's favorite burger can i ju- can i can i objectively say that's a shitty burger can i say that objectively i don't think i can because someone loves it and says no that's a really good burger so i don't know if you can objectively call a movie like a bad film or a good film i don't know anyway my point being is when it comes to the flash i really truly believe it all comes out to like personal preference because I, I, I've had this conversation already. Um, it is not that far off from from Spider Man in terms of like what it is at its core. It's about like not changing the past or the future, not changing time. Yeah, you, you know, there's an event happening, and if you change that event, it could alter the entire multiverse. It can alter the entire universe. That's what happens in both movies. You change an event it alters the entire multiverse. In The Flash, it's about him saving his mom and Spider-Man's about saving his dad. I'll get into what everyone trashed The Flash about. Number 1, the CGI. The CGI was so bad. The CGI was so bad. Okay. Yeah. When the when The Flash goes back in time in the Speed Force, CGI is not great. But that's only when he's in the Speed Force. The baby's the CGI, not great as well. Not 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 great, but not as bad as when he's like traveling in the Speed Force. Even when we see Nicolas Cage, even when we see Christopher Reeve, that doesn't change the movie for me though, because that only happens in the Speed Force. Can you also tell me that the CGI and the final battle was shit? Those ships looked exactly like Zack Snyder. A fucking General Zod, that whole battle scene looked like Zack's not Batman's fight scene when he's when he's saving Super um uh, Superwoman. The CGI was bad there. The CGI was only bad when he was in the Speed Force and with the babies. Does that make it a bad film because of that? Like I had a conversation with someone about Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania and people were shitting on the CGI in that film. And I said it was fine. I don't care. It's a fucking Marvel film. Who gives a shit? It doesn't change the story for me. It was a basic Marvel film. Modok. I know someone who was sh- who said that they thought this film was fine even though Modok CGI wasn't good. And that same person was shitting on the Flash. I'm like that doesn't make <laughs> that doesn't entirely change the movie. Fine. If you're not a f- number 2. If you're not a fan of Ezra Miller, then I get it then the movie's not going to work for you. That's fine. That's okay. So that's two. One CGI, two Ezra Miller. I get it. If Ezra Miller doesn't sell you, that's his fucking film. Then you're not going to like it. Number three. Number three, what I've heard is, you know, it gets confusing. Confusing with uh, the talk of the multiverse. How there's a scene where Michael Keaton, he breaks down the multiverse. He breaks down what happened. He said that time isn't linear. So he he explained it with like spaghetti. And it's going to sound confusing when I say it. So when you go back in time, when you go back in time and change the past, that doesn't it, that's not directly correlated with the future. Because you still have all your memories. So what's happening is now you're just Changing, you're 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 breaking the multiverse through time. That's what essentially like what what was happening, and everything gets converged. That's why Michael Keaton showed up instead of Ben Affleck. Okay, sure. Like you can argue that that's stupid. Of course, it's a multiverse film. Of course, it's it's stupid already. But then those same people are saying that it's fine, and you can turn your brain off when. Uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse where they were talking about the canon events and that's okay? That's not confusing? Come on. Personal preference now. Like, to say the Flash is dog shit, like, that's bullshit. It's personal preference. Let's be real. Because you can't tell me that canon event shit in Spider-Man across the, across the Spider-Verse. You can't tell me that whole fucking scene was more clear than Michael's Keaton scene with the spaghetti. Like there's no fucking way. That confused me a little bit. I'm like, okay, so a canon event, you can't stop a canon event. Is there more are there multiple canon events? And then Michael Mor- and then Morales, he's a fucking anomaly. Like they were throwing so many things to explain, no, this is how it works. And you know what? I enjoyed Spider Man across the Spider Verse. My whole point being is if you enjoy that I don't I do not understand how the flash how you don't enjoy the flash because of that reasoning because that's that that's stupid to me like both explanations even when you're talking about time travel in any film it's stupid it's a fucking film it's fake it's supposed to be stupid like it's not real <laughs> Again, if you don't like Ezra Miller, I totally get that. I totally get that. But the other things, I don't think it affects the film like in any way. If anything... All right, now I'm, I'll get into what I thought about the film. I thought it was fantastic. I, I fucking... I thought it was excellent. I thought it was absolutely excellent. My gripes with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was... It could have been something like Avengers Infinity War. Avengers Infinity War was so good... But it was also technically a cliffhanger. Technically. Because the Avengers didn't win. Thanos won. But it was so good because Thanos was almost the main character. Like he was the main character of that film. He had his full arc and he won. But technically it was a cliffhanger. Because we all know you're not going to end the whole fucking you know, Marvel phase with Thanos winning. It was a cliffhanger. Avengers were going to come in the next film. With Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It could have been that, except why are we spending so much time with fucking why Gwen Stacy? I'm sorry. Like, can we keep it on Miles? I think that Gwen Stacy was supposed to be like almost like the Thanos, where she got her arc, like, you know, she made amends with her dad. That was at the end of the film. But I just don't like how it fucking ended. I it didn't feel complete to me. They something was off. Anyway, all that t- all that being said, I really did jo- enjoy Spider Man across the Spider Verse, but the Flash felt complete for me. I, I hate, and by the way, I hate that I'm comparing both films. It that's that's unfair. Um, the Flash felt. Com- I'll stick with the Flash. The Flash felt absolutely complete. Um, I thought that Michael Keaton was fantastic so much nostalgia feelings. I love that he stayed true to the character. When Michael Keaton, when he signed on to be Batman, he was working with Tim Burton, and he would tell Tim Burton, no, we should cut that line. Batman wouldn't say that. Batman's quiet. And I kind of like that. I like the mysterious Batman that Michael Keaton does. He kept that going in Batman Returns. He's not a man of many words. And he kept that going in the Flash film. It was beautiful when they first got in the plane together, how quiet they all were because Michael Keaton doesn't talk brilliant. His chemistry with Ezra Miller. I thought it was there. I thought it was Ezra Miller was kind of funny. He made me laugh at some points. I I really enjoyed Ben Affleck as Batman. I fucking love that. I think he's so good at Batman and so good at Bruce Wayne. It's absolutely ridiculous. He's like born to play that that role. I want to see that film again. I thought the fight scenes were great. Um, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed how the director showcased the Flash's power and caught, and like really like putting the Flash's power to the test with the baby scene. Because in the baby scene, a bunch of babies fall out of a window and the Flash is low on energy. So he's not at his full capacity. He's not at his full power because he's hungry, low on calories. So it was cool to show the Flash in that kind of dilemma and how he figures out how to win. I enjoyed that. I thought Superwoman, whatever her fucking name is, Sasha Cal or something, I don't want to say it's that. I thought she was electric on film. Yeah, I'll say it. I thought she was electric. I thought she was so powerful, her performance as Superwoman. You felt that right away. Her scene when she finds out that Zod killed Superman. Fuck, man. Awesome. All that rage, it was there. Awesome. The final fight scene, I mean, back to Ezra Miller, he played two parts. He played a really corny, younger version of himself, and he kind of had to play a straight man. I thought both were very, very clear. I thought he did a good job acting in both, both scenes. Both parts, both characters. The Flash, um younger Flash trying to trying to save his universe, making sure that no one dies and just being absolutely obsessed about it. And then our Barry Allen, current Barry Allen, learning from that and learning that, you know, it's a never ending cycle, you're never gonna win. You kinda have to let things happen. I thought that was good. I, I, that scene when with um, Barry Allen and uh, Flash's mom, I thought that was really, really good. That was some of the best acting I've ever seen. From, from Ezra Miller. So powerful. Yeah, George Clooney was cool at the end. He shows up. I don't give a shit, but I really enjoyed The Flash. I thought the pacing was good. I thought the cameos were good. Sure, the CGI with, like, Nicolas Cage and and uh, Christopher Reeves, like, that was, like, bocce, but, I mean, it didn't make the movie bad to me. It didn't make the movie bad. When, like... Uh, that That's all I'll say about that. Um. So... If you want to watch a complete film, objectively, like a fun film, don't li- just w- watch the Flash. It's good. It's good. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. In other news, um, they casted Superman and they casted uh uh Lois Lane for the new like DCU. Let me see if I can bring that up for you guys just so you know who it is. I mean, I don't know who these people are. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, David Cornsweat and Rachel Brosnahan. Cool names. Cool last names. Cor- Cornsweat and Br- Brosnahan. Sick last names, though. Very cool. Those are the new... Uh, that's the new Superman and Lois Lane and the new DCU coming up. Um, yeah. So I'll be back. Um, T had some like personal problem, personal things going on today. Uh, and, uh, no one else has seen the flash on my team, but, uh, when I get back, I'll uh, hopefully have someone to talk about the flash with. So you can hear both sides. Um, yeah, listen, I really recommend the film. Highly recommend it. I think it's a great time. Um, You have to go in. If you're a comic nerd, you have to go in and just see it for what it is. Because, yeah, no shit that's not Barry Allen. No shit. But Ezra Miller gives it a shot, okay? It's Ezra Miller's Barry Allen. No shit that's not him. It's fine. Um... There's a lot of characters that we get that that's not really them. The characters are really doing them justice, but whatever. Aquaman is cool. That's not really fucking Aquaman. <laughs> Jason Momoa just makes everything cool. But yeah, watch The Flash. I, I really, really enjoyed it. That's all you're getting out of me today. Um, Again, we'll be back. Talk about more stuff. Thank you for listening on A Hero. Uh, We'll be back. All right, guys. Thanks.